This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. to this festive edition of Forever Bristol City podcast. We're going into the uh, Christmas period, at least with uh, the benefit of another home win, two wins in a row for the first time since February, I believe. The final score at Ashton Gate, it finished City 3, Hull 2. I'm delighted to be joined by Neil, who sat with me here, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, and Ian, and a welcome new addition to uh, our panel uh, is Ben Bond. Uh, morning, chaps, are we... Feeling Christmassy? Are we all shopped out and ready to start feasting and drinking? You, Neil, everybody, what do we think? Neil? Well, it feels like a Sunday today. I have to admit, played on a Friday night, it feels like a Sunday, but it's Saturday now. I've got the whole of Saturday now uh, to sort of go out. But yeah, I'm still in a bit of shock on last night, actually. There you go. Yeah. Ian, are you, all, are you all ready for Christmas? You've got a bit of good personal news as well. Tell us that. You just shared that with me. I got another grandchild on the way. So, um, yeah, it did. Yeah, great news. Uh, great result last night. Great Christmas. Um, you know, if you look at our, we've we've now got a seventy-five percent points take at home under Liam Manning and a seventy-five percent win rate. Now the away the away form is not so grand, but after I said I'd make a judgment um, or a summary judgment after ten games, and we've now got two really difficult uh, away games coming up. So. Let's see how well we do in those, and then we can um, make a sensible judgment of his first first uh, ten games. Yeah, we're nearly there. And Ben, welcome to uh, Forever Bristol City uh, podcast. Um, are you you ready for Christmas? And let's begin with your uh, walkaway thoughts from Ashton Gate last night. Yeah. So uh, morning, uh, David and, and and team. Yeah, not not really. Like Cam has been said, I'm looking forward to uh, having a whole day on today to get stuff ready. Uh, walking away yesterday felt like we won something really quite significant. There's lots of good atmosphere walking out of the South Stand, walking around the ground. And actually, uh, I wasn't quite sure what the celebrations were all about, other than the fact that we managed to get that elusive back-to-back for the first time in, in 11 to 10, 11 months. So uh, it was positive. I, w- I wouldn't call it a mauling, 
but I call it a step in the right direction. <laughs> We're trying to be positive. We're trying to be positive. Uh, Neil, um, your 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 actual thoughts walking away. You shared what uh, Ben just said. There seemed to be a bit of a a vibe about the place. Well, yeah. the, the concourse in the Dolman was really buzzing. Mm. I know there was an atmosphere around uh, around the club yesterday. I thought beforehand there was a you know people were there Friday night. Kind of works Friday night yeah. sometimes, yeah. doesn't it? You yeah. Know? And then sort of bring out. So there's always the, the night games and stuff. But after, I think it was the fact when you come back, and it's been a long time, isn't it? We, the, somebody will know, but when was the last time we actually had a comeback win like that? Uh, yeah, a comeback win. I'm a, trying comeback, to think. a home win. Yeah. It's a comeback win. I'm, I'm struggling. Normally we, we get ahead or we get, you know, two ahead, then we get back. Or we, there's a bit of a ding dong and stuff. But to 75 minutes, I did not see it. I'll put my hand up. I, I did not see it way back into that game pre pre substitutes. I'm looking over at the bench, looking out, thinking, well, is he going to change? When's he going to change? Because we're just pedestrian in the yeah. way that we're passing the ball around. We're not creating anything. And I thought, oh, please don't, you know, be be positive, be on, to use his word, on the front foot. Go down 3 1 rather than 2 1 by at least trying to chase the game, mm. get back in the game. But, um, yeah, they're keepers. Oh, I'll talk about those <laughs> later when we get into the detail. Ian, uh, I think it was the same uh, starting lineup. So, were, were you sort of pleased with that? Do you think you know that was the right thing to do? Looking for a second successive home win or a second successive win for the first time since February, but no complaints about the lineup. And it was a full bench this time as well, wasn't it? First time in 39, 39 games we've won back to back league games. So uh, I wasn't surprised. Well, I was one way I was surprised because there was a rumour, uh, well, it wasn't a rumour, uh, Liam Manning said in his press conference they'd had a sickness bug in the camp uh, during the week. So I expected to see one, possibly two players miss out or be on the bench that started. So that's good. But with eight, uh, four games in the next eight days, uh, we're going to need to utilise the squad. And I was really pleased with Joe Williams when he came on last night because he was more mobile than Matty James. I think Matty was knackered by that time. And um, he, he changed the game in terms of, of getting on to the, winning the first and second balls. Um, so that was a really effective substitution. Uh, I thought Mimetti might have gone off when Sam Bell came on, but Manning rates him. He was going to sign him when he was at Oxford or try to. Mm. Um, and at long last... He came in and he must he must have tried that manoeuvre, cutting in and shooting on his right foot 50 times. He's been playing for us. That's the first time he's come off. Um, yeah. So nice to see the kid get a goal. After that, he, he started to play better. And it's all about confidence. There's no such thing as a an unconfident footballer that's playing well. Um, so, yeah, I was, uh, I was pleased with that. And, and I think... The, the way that we're going to play now, it infuriates me sometimes when we're we're shoving it around the back or we're in a reasonable position and the ball goes backwards. That, I'm afraid, I'll call it the modern way. Um, but we need to be better at getting it forward quick. I don't mean lump it, but I'm talking about going up through through the thirds quicker. And that's yeah. there are lots of things we can improve on, and that's what pleased me last night. We'd be a good side, 3-2, after being behind, yeah, and you know, there's so much we can do better from last night, and hopefully, most of those players will come along on the journey. 
and, yeah. and hopefully we, we get that journey commencing so i'm more hopeful than i've been for a long time yeah um but uh ben what did what did you think of uh the starting lineup and the shape of the side it is picking itself at the moment and there was some good it was a good team performance and there was some good individual performances notably uh jason knight as josh jones has said here on the uh text uh, feed uh, the league's best player um don't know about that but he's certainly one of the most energetic but what were your thoughts on the shape of the side and Hull? i mean they they're not a bad team although they are susceptible at the back aren't they yeah i think i think the uh the side sadly picks itself we know about the squad and our challenges around available players um i think that the shape of the side i, I can't really pick the shape of the team start the start of the half my I take my son along who's 17. He's that generation of a FIFA generation of, you know, formations all over the place. And he's trying to pick out the three and the five and the pivots and the, and the blocks. And I look at the, the shape of the team. I look at the lads who are committed. I think that the um, uh, we've got reasonable energy in midfield from players who are at it. And Gardner Hickman is another example. But Jason Knight's legs are great um, from that point of view. So, I think from his point of view, we are doing um, what we can with the squad that we've got. And I was pleased with that yesterday. But I don't think, as we said on, on this pod, you said many times, we're not the finished article yet. No. And Ian's often commented about crosses. And he said then about performance in the uh, final uh, final uh, um, third of the field. Yeah. Um, what um, what uh, do you think we can do to improve crosses? Uh, you know, is Sykes sort of, you know, his energy makes up for the lack of crosses? What do you think? Is that is that ben. to me, David? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I just got a couple of no sign messages come up on, on the feed. Yeah. Have you seen that as well? Um I think I think our set our setup, and we'll talk about it a bit later with the Manchester United game six years ago, but we're not playing particularly um uh, with lots of width from those forward players. So actually they're cutting inside quite a lot. We saw it last night. So yeah, Sykes looks dangerous. I've been surprised that Sykes has been removed when he's been removed in previous games um, because, you know, him on the, the, the sort of top right is one of our most attacking and threatening crosses in of the ball. And I think their left-hand side yesterday got <laughs> quite a torrid time as well from, from us during the game. And I think that, that that was good to keep Sykesy over there. Um, but I think, we, as, again, on, on this pod, you said it many times, you know, we have to put in really good quality crosses to fit the players we've got. We've not got the knockdowns available. So you've got to really hit a 9 out of 10 cross to be to be threatening in any sense, whereas we haven't really got the get-out ball that we need. And um, again, we'll talk about it a bit later on. But, you know, we are relying on, very good quality crosses to, to turn over chances that we've not had um, in the past. OK, let's get into the action then. And we started brightly and one particularly good move that I noticed, which started with Taylor Gardner-Hickman, who's got a hell of a lot of energy, really good player, should be signed if he's available for 1.4 million. That looks a good signing straight up. Uh, Taylor Gardner-Hickman, he passed it to Mimetti, Mimetti to Pring, cross. Knight coming in on the edge of the box as he's done couple of times already this season bringing a save from the keeper but then we took uh the lead uh the goal 25 minutes from the penalty spot Neil you you first we'd had a couple of half calls for handball mm. it was almost like they were trying to play basketball uh, but then how did you see the goal 
and Tommy's Tommy's penalty. You know, that's uh, it's like buses. You know, none, and then two penalties come along. Success three since Manning's been in charge, but two in successive games. But take us through the goal as you saw it. Well, I think um, as you say, there was about two. There was two shouts beforehand for handball, and I like probably most people are completely confused what is handball and not handball nowadays. Mm. It seems to change on a on a match by match basis, but. from the Dolman, from the E32, I thought Greaves was unlucky. You know, I thought he's got up and he said it. I've seen it back, and actually it's a clear penalty. It is, yeah. Because from behind the goal, from, from, behind, from behind, oh, I'm trying to show it on YouTube here, but from behind <laughs> the goal, it looks like his hand is quite close to his head. Whereas yeah. actually, you see it on the thing, and his hands way out, yeah. way out, yeah. stuck out. So yeah. clear penalty for me. He's very. He's very calm, composed, Conway on penalties. Yeah, I, I like him on penalties. Yeah, but you don't like him. But you're not liking him as a player at the moment. Unfortunately, he's not doing much else other than the penalties. You know, you, you look at it and you go, he's got four goals in the last seven games. Oh, you know, Tommy's back. Three of them are penalties. Outside of that, I, yeah, I I can't see him leading that line well, by himself. He's got to be. He's got to be. His position well, maybe is under threat. Well, I think, I think Wells is more of a Manning player in that situation. Well, know, let's see. Ian, uh, Ian, take us through your views of the penalty, clearly. And Tommy, very accomplished from the spot. Yeah, sent the keeper the wrong way. Same position as he did against Sunderland. And Tommy in general, because I was with somebody yesterday who said, you know, he's just, he doesn't look, he doesn't look on it. Even when he came over to celebrate the goal, it was sort of, you know, he was enthused about it, but it just looks about a yard slow. What did you think on all those three situations there, Ian, I've just mentioned? Stonewall penalty. He's, he, 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 whether he tried to hit the ball or not, his hand was up here or out there. So the ball hits his hand. Well, if your hand's in what they term an unnatural position, it's, it's a penalty. Um, so it's a stonewall penalty. In the system we play, Tommy gets isolated and he's not a, a strong physical back to goal, six foot three, 14 stone centre forward. No. He's not, he's just not that player. Neither is Naki. Um, and I still get frustrated when we go long to those players because Sunderland in the second half against us, although they didn't score, they showed exactly how you, you play with a false nine or a small centre forward. They had a guy about five feet eight. Pritchard, you're talking about last week. Yeah. Pritchard switching in and out of a false nine position um, with a couple of the other lads they had. Um, so it, it, I, that's that's something that, that does frustrate me. Um, and I think, as I said before, I've been campaigning for us going two up front. There's plenty of formations that allow you to do it. Perhaps... We will when we've got a few players back from injury, and the squad is, um, and the squad's got more depth. In terms of Tommy, I think he's doing as well as he can with the service he gets. We've already spoke about the crosses. We had more than double the number of crosses that Hull did last night, but a lot of them were useless. Um, so it, it, we've got to get that right, and that's what I said. There are lots of things we can do better. Simple things: passing, first touch, crossing, movement. All those things, we can be 30% better, 40% better even on, yeah. and we won. So it just goes to show, I mean, some uh, Matthew Seward's put on here, uh, well done to Nigel for creating a never-say-die attitude, and that's a good point. We've got a, a, a team of people that 
I think the Ashtingate crowd over the years, they'll forgive you for most things. One, one thing they won't forgive you for is not trying. And that's why sometimes you get they get more excited about a tackle down there than it will about a goal. I totally um, agree. And looking back over 50 years, yeah. No, I agree. We like yeah, so, get stuck in, which is why Glenn Humphreys and players like that were so popular. They weren't the best football. Well, to, Tommy, Tommy Dot was another yeah. one who, who we I remember starting a game against Swindon and they had a guy called Tommy Mooney playing up front. He was a big tough guy. And Tommy smashed him in the first two minutes. Fair tackle. And he just disappeared from the game. And that then, it was a completely, I, I don't know if it was one-way travel. I know we won the game, but we were so much better than that. It was unbelievable. But that yeah. was how you can set the seal in the game of saying, right, we're here for business. And, we, and we've had some people who will do that. And, you know, your Dave Martins and Glenn Humphreys and little Steve Galliers and all Galliers, the rest of it. So, yeah. You know, so, um, but I, I think, Providing we're trying and providing another thing, we're trying to win. We're not just sitting in and hoping something happens. We're trying to make something happens, even if, it's, if we're playing deep in, and attacking on the break, because we're still probably better set up to do that than play Manning ball yeah. because he hasn't had a window yet. And he hasn't been able to bring anybody well, in and he still needs longer on the grass with the players. But I'm happy enough with Tommy. I think him in his system, you could alternate. Uh, especially around this period, you could alternate him in knacking. I don't think it'd make a, a ton of difference. No, no. Ben, um, you're, you're, I mean, I think everybody handball definitely. Tommy, the nominated spot kicker. Again, we do this thing that he doesn't hold the ball, so he's not going to get intimidated by the opposition. He finished it well, but there are rumblings of he's not on his game. Do you think he's missing Alex Scott because they flatmated together? Or do you think he's got, uh, you know, he's, he's got other ideas, things on his mind, you know, is he, is he not adapting in the way that maybe some of the other players are? Well, um, I'd say that he is uh, under quite a lot of pressure because we are putting a lot on his shoulders. So, you know, he's the gem in our team. He's the next one to go after, the other big exits in the team. Um, I think that that may be getting to him. I mean, I can't speculate on what he's thinking and what he's doing. What I can say is when he plays football, he looks um, he looks quieter than he has been, whether that's the formation, whether that's how he's being coached. You know, I'm also interested in how we're adding value to players over time. So what what is he doing on the grass in the week? You know, what what is he working on with the setup in training? How, how are we developing him? How did... Nigel's team do it with him how is Liam's team going to do it with him to make him a better player because ultimately we all know that our better players tend to leave us at some point because we're not yet good enough to to sustain really top flight players and until we are we are always going to be in a situation yeah. of players leaving us so um, think, you know, great, great asset you know I think you make a good point there about who's going to help Tommy learn because I think a big influencer in helping Tommy become the player that he was, or he started last season, right, was Naki Wells when he and Naki were playing a lot in the second level football and Naki's got experience and, you know, probably added a lot of value from that sort of teaching perspective. But uh, let's get on further into the action. Um, as you'd expect, uh, Neil Hull came back and the, that de Lapp, is he son of the long throw expert? Is he son of right? Rory, yeah. Son of Rory. Who's it who put that great tackle in that robbed him? Was that Zach or uh, was that Dickie? There was one Zach. run where 
it was, was Zach it? Viner. It was Zach. Zach Viner, right. Yeah. That was Connolly down the centre. Was it? That was yeah, Connolly. Was that. Was it? Well, I, I, I thought it was Connolly. And then it I was read Connolly. Seri, Seri played a yeah. great ball over the top. Connolly's through. He's a, he's a Republic of Ireland, played in the Premier League for Brighton. He's a, he's a good little yeah. player, demonstrated by the goal that he scored. But a uh, fantastic tackle by Zach. But that's, that's what Zach's good at. Mm. And if you were to play, what Zach gives you in the centre is it gives you a bit of pace there. In the way in which Dickey or you play Dickey and Naismith there. No pace. And, you know, like uh, uh, there was a goal at Swansea, wasn't there, when the guy just outpaced Naismith yeah. in a similar type mm -hmm. situation. And, uh, you know, well, their equaliser equalizer came uh, on the half hour. So we only held the lead for about eight minutes. Scott Twine, a player that uh, Liam Manning had at uh, MK Dons, mm -hmm. yeah, puts the ball in uh, to Connolly's path. And, Dickie didn't seem to close him down. And picking up what Ian said earlier about players that were sick, I thought Dickie did some good passing, but he did look a little bit laborious. And he stood off, uh, he stood off uh, Connolly, and uh, it was a cracking goal. You can you can blame you can no. blame Matt. I mean, go, go, going to Twine, I thought Tanner was very very good last night. Hmm? But you know, again, just like the Sunderland game, I feel really bad because Tanner for me, I, I'm. Half expecting a right back nowadays to be doing more than the right right back do, you know, or yeah. he's inverted, he's he's doubling up or whatever. But Tanner does what Tanner does quite well. I mean, yeah. there, there was some crosses to the back post as well when he was defending well, and he he played Twine in the same way that he played well against Jack Clark at the weekend. He played well against Scott Twine last night, in, in my view. Yeah, but on the goal, yeah, he he took it well. He brought it in. Very similar to Mometi's one, yeah, it was. in a way. Yeah. Um, well, you know, all, all in three of the five he, goals came from that. Yeah, he, came, he, nice came, as well. he came a long way, actually. Mm. He was allowed to travel a long way across it. Um, and he just gave him a little bit. He stood off him, potentially. Yeah. But it wasn't a huge amount of room. He shifted it well, Conor. Yeah. He shifted it well. And he got the power. Yeah. And I think it was the power. And it's interesting you say about the, the power, because when you see the goal from behind the goal tgh sort of turned his back on it a little bit as well which yeah. you got to put... i mean I, th I think i think coming across i think max was unsighted yeah with the ball coming across uh with the guy running across and so many bodies in front of him and it was you know i at the time i just thought you know what that that is a good goal yeah good gun sometimes you yeah. gotta give the opposition uh, ian your thoughts on the goal i've been slightly critical of dicky there and again picking up on the comments of people that were sat around me we seem susceptible to balls over the top. There were a few one-on-one uh, -on -one situations, or we, you know, the defence seemed a bit open, and there were fingers being pointed by people sitting around me about Zach. There, I thought him and Dicky had a good game overall. But your thoughts on the goal and that sort of being exposed a couple of times in the centre at the back? Well, if you play higher line at the back and you don't sit in and play a low block or even a medium block at times when you're attacking you're susceptible to to an accurate pass over the top and Hull weren't lumping it they were accurate passes and they were weighted perfectly which is another pet hate of mine the weighting of some of our passes even over short distances poor so uh on the goal rob dickey didn't get close enough but the other thing that happened and it's happened a lot is a covering midfielder doesn't get in front of the guy 
when he's cutting in from the right or left to shoot. And there are various examples last season, the Burnley game happened that Alex Scott didn't get in front of him. I thought Matty James could have got closer to uh, Connolly last night in that situation. And Rob Dickey gave him a yard. And you, he's a, he is a good footballer. And you can't give a good footballer a yard on the edge of the box. And the higher you go up, up the pyramid, that yard becomes you can't give him half a yard. So I, I would say that was was it a stoppable goal? I suppose all goals are preventable to some degree. But yeah, I think that was a preventable goal. And it's a shame because we were on top at the time. Mm. And they then they came back and got, I'll describe it as the luckiest penalty I've ever seen. But I, I've looked at it half a dozen times and I genuinely can't see any contact with Pring. He might have just brushed brushed against the guy but god if you're going to give them you're going to be giving six or seven penalties a game yeah. um so and and it 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 stopped our flow at the time stopped our moment uh, our momentum which was a great shame but uh, no i thought rob dickey had a six out of ten six and a half out of ten game last night where i'd normally give him an eight so uh because he, he gave the ball away in key areas a few times so did jason knight that everybody's yeah. holding. And we don't know who the ones and, who, were, who had the, if, who had the sickness. If you're going to try and play this more progressive in-possession style, that's going to happen. And yeah. in all fairness, though, we didn't dominate possession last night. They had more possession than we did. Yeah. But I thought, okay. how, in a, to an extent, I know it's a good comeback, but to an extent, they played into our hands a little bit in the second yeah. half because they seemed to be wanting to hold on to the lead more than extend it yeah. um and they didn't really start coming back at us until we'd um uh until we'd gone ahead mm. uh, okay thankfully okay. by that well, time it was a, it was a bit late but it was a little still a little bit harem scaring yeah. at the end wasn't it just a little uh ben um we would since Ian mentioned it, we jumped to the goal that put hull in front at half time and we didn't really clear our lines. I mean, it was Tannen, Knight and Sykes sort of over on that far side. I'm watching it from the lower lands down. Tanner fouls Tufan. I don't know whether that's what he got a book. Yeah, I, booking I didn't for that. I, there was Tanner foul Tufan. He took the ball. He over Senny, he took the ball and then the ref called him for taking the oh, man after he, did, he yeah, took the ball. Yeah. So it, it was a bit of a... That was a bit harsh. It was a bit harsh yeah. and then booked him for it as well. And he must have thought he's taken... Yeah, clean tackle, but then he's thinking that Tufan must have been able to get on the ball yeah. after the tackle, and yeah. then he took Tufan out. So, yeah, but anyway. the build-up apart, I mean, Ben, it, what a soft penalty that was. He didn't even bloody appeal for it, did they? No, I, I think, well, two things. The, so the equaliser was was a good good whip on that ball. It, I, I sat behind it in the side stand, and it, it was a nice curve on the ball, much more than um, the Metti strike later. But, yeah, the penalty was... Was mind-boggling. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sure it was even given because no one really appealed, and and their fans were quite quiet. And then I watched it at halftime on on various feeds that were shared with me, and you could just about see Pring's got his right hand on the lower back of the whole player, and that's it. And that's it. It's an incident. It's not a push. It's not a, a movement out. It's literally just contact, like you're walking by someone in a supermarket, and. If if they if they're yeah. given, then that you know that referee needs a strong looking at because that was absolutely appalling uh, without any rationale yeah. or reason given. And I think that we've got to be cautious here because 
we all talk about VAR in the Premier League and are we going to get VAR in the Championship? What's it going to be like for us? But, you know, we can't have games running on for hours when we're reviewing those sort of decisions. So, uh, yeah, really, really... What did, cool. and what did you think of the referee, uh, uh, your namesake, Ben? He was Ben Toza, uh, Ben Toner, sorry, Ben Toner. Um, okay. His uh, first appearance at Ashton Gate, I read somewhere since we beat Hull 5-0, the last game of the season before last, apparently. But, you know, there was one incident... It might be in the first half where one of our players went down and he didn't even see it. And then the crowd shouted and then he called, called play back. It, they, the referees, the standard is, well, we talk about this every week, but this is your first week on, Ben. The referees standard is is appalling. Yeah, it, almost week yeah. in, week out. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's easy to, 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 to point fingers and, and it, but it, but generally speaking, I think the standard is is lower than we would expect. Um, I think the pressure of VAR in the Premier League is having an impact on refereeing across the professional game, uh, and you can see that. And and the fact we can't get grassroots refs anymore for lots of other reasons that are not to do with VAR. So I'm I was surprised again, but I don't know enough about how these guys are are assessed and, and what the follow up is because there's got to be a follow up to that yesterday because the referee needs to be able to explain in some forum what he gave that decision for because I've watched football for a, a number of years we all have we all love the game but it's got to be some sense to it otherwise we all go away filling in the blanks too much and creating more anxiety yeah. where in my view is not required yeah and perish the thought of having VAR at championship level with second rate referees and a system that uh, doesn't really work, you know. Yeah, I, I, I've got a take on that, Ben. Go on. If you want to hear the take on that? Go on. So, everybody thinks it's the pring push, mm. but actually, from from the dolman, you saw the ref and people in the South Center said on various social media that he was telling the players about pushing and shoving beforehand. So, he was having a conversation. So, he said that now, if you look at it, there is a slight tug by Dickie. Is it? On one of their players coming through, and just if if you rewind it back, the ref's got his whistle in in his mouth on the tug by Dicky rather than the. But the simple one. thing for the referee so, there, though. so whether whether the fact is that nobody knows, and if if we're all sitting here the next day, and then Manning was asked, I think on Radio Bristol, as the ref said to you, why he gave the penalty, he's like, well, no, well, that's what I was going to say. The referee, if the referee said. I gave the penalty for this because afterwards, didn't Vine, is that when Viner got his booking? Yeah, he got just for dissent after yeah. the thing's been taken. But you're just there thinking at some stage, ref, he's going to have to put a report in or something like that that says, I gave this penalty for. And here we are the day afterwards, and it's still absolutely no clearer whether there's a tug by a pullback by Dickie, however mm. slight, or or the Pring one, because Pring mm. falls over after the guy falls over. So it's not Pring falling over on the guy that actually caused it. So whether it's the Dicky pool, which is more in front. I'll have, a look, I'll have a look at that again for the yeah, Dicky pool. So if, if it's a mistake, you'll get a letter of apology. And I mean, I think at one point of the season, we had seven or eight. Um, Do they have, to, that they have to say in their report why they gave the penalty? No, but their decisions... Like, I gave it for... A dicky pool, or I gave it for a push I, by Prim, or the, the honest, the honest answer is I don't know. I know they have to 
um, say why they gave people yellow cards. You know, for example, yeah. it was dissent, serious foul play, whatever. I thought George Tanner was completely unlucky because he did play the ball. Yeah, you're right. But then the referee said, well, you caught caught him with your follow through. But I mean, at the point he's made that tackle, his feet weren't high. He wasn't out of control. And I mean, George Tanner can't disappear once he's made sure. the tackle. He's sliding along at God knows what speed. He's got the ball. I think he got it with his, his left foot and, and pushed the ball away. And then Tufan went over his leg. Now, mm -hmm. if you once again, I'll come back to it. If you're going to give free kicks and yellow cards for that, you're going to finish up playing five a side because. And, and, and I under, but I know the difference between, oh, well, you know, this thing about, well, you caught him with his follow through. Sometimes players get the ball and then it's their other leg that smashes the bloke up in the air. Now, you can't do that. Um, but I, I thought that it was unlucky. And as I said, I watched the Pring one and I watched it before. And apart from the usual um, bumping and boring that goes on in the penalty area, um, I, I couldn't see anything that, that merited a penalty. Certainly, no. VAR, perhaps if the referee hits a hot, you need VAR more in the Championship than you do in the Premier League. I, don't, yeah. I think but, but the referee... the referee, that, that one where the referee didn't see it and went back and booked somebody, that was a Sunderland game, and it was Tommy Conway. Mm. But what might have happened is they're all mic'd up and the linesman might have seen it. So, I don't know. It looked to me like Tommy just accidentally fell into the bloke and they fell into each other uh but like i said i was following the ball so i wasn't really watching okay let's move on because we've got plenty to talk about uh today uh ben uh the substitutions neil said earlier wondered when they were going to happen it was on the 74th minute and it was conway james and sykes going off um morale boosting from a messi not to be pulled off yeah and then on come bell Williams and uh, and and Naki, um, your thoughts on the subs and the timing, and then and then and then he got the goal, didn't he? Ben. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was good to see um, Naki back on the pitch. You know, a bit of energy, put a challenge in as well when he came on. Again, back to Ian's point at the start of the of this pod um, around the effort that were that were being put in. It, they were quite late subs compared to what we've had previously. Um, and Mameti, I think we all thought he might go. He's he's faded second half in the last couple of games for lots of reasons. Um, uh, we don't know necessarily all those reasons for that. <clears throat> and um, it was good to see. I think that, that Manning's put a lot of faith in Mameti behind the scenes and in his post-match press conferences as well. And I think he's going to pay. I think it, it, he will he will be boosted by that because of the psychology that anyone in any job or industry, you know, you get told you're doing all right, you tend to do better, you know, rather than the negative side of you're not making the 18 or the 16 or you're getting nowhere near or you're getting you're getting pulled off at half, at half time. So it was good for that point of view. I think Sam Bell did okay, looked quite lively. Um, and as we, we, we already discussed, Joe Williams's contribution, um, again, tidy player, just not fit for long enough. And uh, we've not seen him I fit Joe Williams for in my time, uh, in our time at our club for long enough. So, you know, I, I'm not sure what else he could have done because I know that Nige played some of the younger lads a bit sooner than Liam likes to play them. And maybe that's because he's developing in a different way. So uh, I thought yeah. they were positive, you know. Interesting, interesting points. Um, Mehmet's first goal in, I think it's 20 
three games. And uh, it, I say it was Dicky, a Dicky Pring, Mameti combination down the left. That you know, we're looking good in. Do you think we're more threatening down the left or down the right? Because Sykes gets his praise and Tanner, <laughs> but down the left, and well, Dicky Dicky walks out Adam Webster style, doesn't he? Yeah. I, yeah, there there are some comparisons mm. with with Dicky. I mean, what mm. a fantastic signing for seven hundred thousand. Dicky is yeah, fantastic. But um, Tanner Tanner is a defender, isn't he? He's a def he's he's like he's like a nineteen eighties right back. I was going to say nineteen sixties right back. He comes from up north, you know, and he's got big clogger boots. Yeah, on. he's just like he's a bit of a throwback, and he's just like one of those. When a right back was, when a full back was just a defender that couldn't do centre back, so he used to stick him right yeah. back or something, wasn't it? But they were just defender. That's all that they were expected to do. Nowadays, you expect more, and I think eventually, well, we'll see where it goes with Tanner because defensively, I think it, you know, Manning trusts him mm. defensively, and I, and you know, when when Pring goes on one of these runs, you know, you, you look back and Tanner is always on the cover. Yeah, he's always on the cover. So that's his mentality. I don't think Pring has been particularly great start this mm. the first well, we're half halfway of through the season. season we're halfway yeah. through yeah. the season. I don't think he's been great. First half last night he was given a torrid time by Delap. Yeah. Again, you know, he's had Roberts at the weekend, uh, who gave him a bit of a torrid time as well. So I don't think he's been great. Behind Mometti, uh, Mometti is just head in that cloud sometimes, isn't mm. it? You know, literally, it, I can I can only imagine what it would be like playing behind Mometti or playing in front of Mometti because you're never entirely sure whether he's going to do his Irish dancing jig in the middle of the park. And if so you're I'd listening rather, to it, you can't see it. No. Um, if you're watching it, you still can't see it because he was doing it under the table. But he's, he's got to be, he's got to be but, an incredibly frustrating player to play with because you're just like, what is he going to do? But then theoretically, vis-a-vis, the four... The defenders are going to think, "What is he going to do?" Exactly. That's the so he's a positive. But he's a positive. Mimetti is Mimetti He's a he's a maverick. He's mercurial. Well, there's a lot of things he doesn't do particularly well. All right, and but, one of those is the defensive all right. element of the game. Ben, you said about he faded. Yeah, I'll come to you in a second. Ben, I'm going to come to you about the, the winning goal. Ben, you said he faded in the second half, and, and he did. To some extent against Sunderland, I think he got taken off against Sunderland. Mm. You said on that near side because you watched the game, the Sunderland game, sat just in front of me on the mm. Lansdowne. Yeah, and you talked about Mametti being micromanaged by mm. Manning was in his ear. Manning, do this, do that, da 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 da. And it was noticeable. I think it was night. I think it was Mametti that came off for Vyman in injury time, wasn't it? Mm. And the embrace was there. Yeah. I think I think Manning sees Mametti as a project. Yeah, because as has been said by Ian or one of you, you know, he's a player that have had uh, had Manning still being Oxford. He's that's the sort of club that he might have gone to on loan. Well, Manning said he was he, he was, was not signing. He was agreed for him to go on loan in January. Oh, with, from us, from yeah. Us, so yeah. not yeah. okay. There you go, Ian. You put your hand up there and take us through uh, uh, the, um, the 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 night the night goal because uh, they had a change of goalkeeper just before that when he injured himself. Same as we have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Fine. We're I just, yeah. I just clarify a couple of things that that people have asked. Um, on Taylor Gardner Hickman, the deal's done, and we will sign him at the end of the season. So West Brom can't recall him; they can't back out of it. It's, it's all done and it's in writing. Um, 
my my thought but on on him as you gave him a mention i only thought is is he going to be as he's a lone player officially is he or west brom going to give us permission to play him against west ham that'd be an interesting one um but on george tanner who's who's been mentioned i really like defenders who can defend and a lot of modern defenders can um they 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 haven't got the ability to stop players and we're coming up against some really good wide players in that division you look at the two Sunderland had Roberts and Clark I mean they walk in our team um so you know and he's up against them and so's Camp Ring you know you're you're at that level George Tanner I mean I remember when he played he was a guy that uh Brereton Diaz at Blackburn he was up against marked him out the game so he is he's a good defender and it Unless you play like Tottenham, and I'd love to see it, but I, under Ange, uh, but where the fullbacks are up in front, the centre forward, and in the middle of the pitch, um, I, <laughs> you know, he'll he'll do for me. And I mean, it couldn't have been any good for the kids' confidence that all the time he was here, we were trying to replace him. We tried to replace him with Kane Wilson. How did that go? And we Sykes has played there. He's seen off. Ross, He's seen off three of them. Ross McCrory was bought to replace him when Pearson was asked, where's his best position? Oh, play him right back. George Tanner must have thought, great, smash in. Thanks a lot, Gaffer. Um, going back to the goal, um, yeah, night not he's come in, hit the shot. I think the keeper would have probably had it covered, but it did get a, a, a significant deflection. And he didn't get a strong enough hand on it. Like, yeah. Should he have stopped it? Probably. And if he'd have been on the field and had his bearings and all the rest of it, but he'd only just come on as a sub. And good for us, we put him under some pressure. We did. Um, we did. And, and coming back to Anis, like I said it earlier on, it, it not on the, on the last podcast, if you're picking your wide players, you're attacking wide players on the basis of their defensive work, then you're starting in the wrong place. Because I don't think Roberts and Clark for Sunderland or the two whole lads last night were absolutely brilliant defensively. No. You know, Delap, was he great I, defensively? I the, point, the point I'd make here is that if you're going to have Anis on the pitch, he's got to perform like he did last night. Because if he doesn't, yeah. oh, he's a, then he's a liability on, on the left-hand side. Defensively, if you're not going to get anything from him and his link-up play isn't great, you know, we saw that in the Sunderland game when he burst through and then he didn't go on his own and tried to pass it to Tommy. Um, so if you don't get that from Anis, then what do you get from Anis? So it's kind of... He's, the jury's still out for me because he's still playing a little bit like a League One player who two years ago was in non-league. And his, yeah. his reading of the game and understanding of the game, but when he's at his best and when he's at his strengths... If we can build on his strengths, develop his strengths, then you know we might have half a player on the left-hand side. But he's still frustrating, yeah. inconsistent, difficult to play with. But he's different yeah. to what we have. Yeah. But just to say there on that, you're saying about that, and Sam Bell, you know, in recent games, I know he scored yeah. four goals, but Sam, those things apply to him because he's been out of the game. He's been out of some games for long periods and not yeah. offering that much. Well, you've got Sam Bell, who, who under Pearson was playing left wing mm. or left side. Now he's playing right wing back. Yeah. You know, late on in games, the last two games, we've been having playing right wing back. Yeah. And that is yeah. 
Defensively, he's not great, Bell, but you know, we're playing the other side of the defensive. I want to talk about the the winning goal with Ben. And it was interesting that the change of goalkeeper came because Mometi did cut in again, put in a shot that the keeper went down, injured himself. And the first thing that Matt Ingram did was kick the ball straight out to Naki Wells. And we weren't able to capitalize on that. That wasn't a particularly bad play. But take us through the goal and you know eulogize over jason knight i'm finally calling him jason knight not leon knight i'm managing to get the christian name right but uh yeah take us through that goal well um yeah uh you know praise indeed i mean i'm not not sure i can eulogize david but i'll do my best i think <laughs> that to, to to be behind in the game we we obviously got back into it there was quite a lot of energy we've and we've not seen at ashton gate for every for a home for a long time where we've got the energy behind and we're kind of looking at we're not we're not all going we're going to lose four three or all that kind of stuff goes on and um yeah it was just good energy and a, and it and it was a and it was a, a decent finish i mean i think back to mometi i know it's slightly regressing but what Mick manning's done was in my view the obvious thing of you got a new team talk them up right talk the players up and give them an opportunity the challenge will become when it's 15, 20 games in and they're not being taken, because then you get into the, you're either in with me or out with me. So Mameti has not yet been through that testing period yet of is he truly going to be somebody that we can fit into our system? And also he's not a player that was signed by Liam Manning, but nor was Jason Knight. And and, and therefore, but he's got energy and legs. And, you know, I, I think his, I think his, 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 Finishing goals, we were always told that he was going to be a finisher. We've not really seen it in our club yet, um, but he came through last night and, and slotted one. So, you know, fair play to him. He did well. And it was interesting, uh, Neil, that whereas I said for their goal that uh, I think Connolly cut in, I thought, was it Cyrus Christie? He, he did stand off him a little bit. And was he a player that we were linked with defensively? In I think he's always, he's, he's always been a name out there, as yeah. Cyrus Christie yeah. over the years, but I can't remember it. And that's been linked. No, but he stood it, he back. gave him a bit too much space, like Dickie yeah. did. And then it took a wicked deflection off of Alfie Jones, which has been well documented. He's a player that was brought up in Backwell, not Long a million Oh, you say Long Ashton, I read Backwell. We're not going to argue over four miles. He, he, was, he was a North Somerset lad. A lot of the players that I've got down Clevedon United. Uh, we're in director of football down at Cleveland United, and a lot of the lads played with him in North Somerset Academy. Did they? With Alfie Jones. And he went to the Southampton, Southampton Academy and then went out from there or whatever, didn't make yeah. it in Southampton. But you say, you say he's uh, Long, Long Aston. Not Backwell, because I've read Backwell, which is why I said it. We digress. We Does it matter? <laughs> it's four miles of the A370 that we're arguing about. Maybe he went to Backwell for I mean, Benny said. Uh, here, uh, it actually felt like we had 20,000 were there for once. The change in atmosphere was night and day. The fans loved the players giving it their all. I mean, that was that was a good, it was a good crowd and it wasn't a bad atmosphere last night at all, really, was it? And everybody went home happy to drink up the cider when the referee blew after seven minutes of bloody injury time. Ian? There will be lucky it wasn't more, really, because their keeper was down for a while, wasn't he, before he went off? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it, it's if the team, 
But I, I alluded it to it earlier on when saying that a lot of people down there get as excited about a tackle as they do about a goal almost. If the team is doing it and they're having a real go, and there was a few moans and groans while we when we weren't penetrating them, but once we got on that really started to dominate them and because i don't think i think holler a really good side in midfield and going forward i don't think they're the best team in the league defensively and we exposed that last night and um it, even without very many away fans there and that i mean if if the same if they'd have brought the same number as sunderland the crowd last night would have been pushing 23. yeah there was so, 517 yeah. there last night from uh yeah East so out of twenty thousand eight hundred and some odd so um if we go on if we go on playing like that and like i say it, it was entertaining and frustrating in equal measure but if you look at us at, at, at home um you know we we've won three the teams that we've beaten were sixth borough yeah. were sixth when we beat them they're 14th yeah. now but they're only two point two points behind yeah. us um and the norwich game we should have won as well uh but we didn't um so i would i would say that we we're we're starting to get it right home it's, it's not perfect by lowing but it won't be because he's at he hasn't brought in any of what you could call his players no players uh, yeah. well, and, and, this, well, and the window and we've got to see this in the next four weeks because the window opens yeah i mean we won six yeah. home games and as somebody said on radio bristol last night we're on course to hit double figures for the first time of 2017 18 season which right on cue takes me to the next thing i want to discuss and i'm going to start with you uh ben yeah and i've been thinking about this for a few days actually it was six years ago this week we played manchester united we were riding high in the division you know we were in the top two places and doing very very well indeed i think we got 47 points at the halfway stage of the season in the second half of the season we only got another 20 but what i was saying the side that played manchester united right now i'm going to just restrict everything we talk about on this topic to starting 11 never mind the squad right starting 11 and for the team i want to do a comparison between the team that beat man united and what we've got now with everybody fit now of the players that are injured right now the three that i think are pivotal although only one of them gets in and you're going to think it's strange why i've picked him but the three pivotal players who are injured at the moment uh atkinson naismith and mccrory all right so i'll state that now that team that played manchester united and again this is how it lines up on formation on bbc or something like that but it was luke stealing goal okay ahead of frankie because i think he was injured then the back four that night was bailey wright aiden flint nathan baker order magnuson in the middle josh brownhill marlon pack corey smith joe bryan in the hole pato who scored two goals for swansea last night home against preston and in front of pato bobby bobby de cordova reed or bobby reed as he was when he's with us so that's like a four four one one all right so ben what taking a four four one one what's your back four assuming everybody's fit who 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 makes it from the current team ahead of who was in that team against man united 
<clears throat> so looking at the combination, I would uh, I'd stick Tanner at right back instead of Bailey right. Um, I, I would keep Flint and Baker. I, I say that because Baker's injury record means that I'm a bit tainted, but a fit Aiden Flint and a mobile Baker. And I would probably go, well, I'd have put Joe Bryan left back, but that's because he's, I, know, I know that's not, not possible in this formation, yeah. uh, these players. But I, I would probably, by all things considered, I would go uh, Pring over okay. a Magnuson at left back. Okay. Ian, same question to you. Yeah, back four. Well, it's not in goal. I'd have Steele in goal on the basis of what he's done since he's been playing for Brighton. Um, I'd have uh, McCrory on what I've seen Ron him Steele. do for Aberdeen. Wrong Steele. Sorry, it's wrong Steele. Wrong Steele, is it? Yeah, that's Jason. Oh, Steele. Okay, all right then. Well, in that in that case, yeah, go on, give Max a game. Um, yeah. <laughs> I on what what he's I've seen him do for Aberdeen. I'd say McCrory at, at right back. Yeah, Joe, uh, I'd have Joe Bryan at left back. You um, can't, no, you can't, because Joe's in the midfield. You can't. You, you're doing direct comparison. Left back on against Man United was um, was Order Magnuson. I'd have Cam in then. Okay, all right, Neil, your thoughts on the back four. Back four, I'd have Tanner over Bailey Wright simply because you know that Man United are going to have the possession mm. on it. So you want your best defender for the points that Ian's outlined on Tanner. You want your best defender right back. So I'd have Tanner over Wright at, at right back. Flint, Dickey, there's not a lot of pace there, is there? I'd probably have Baker there. I'd agree with, Would you? with Ben. Yeah, I, th I think oh, so. I think, and, I think, I think you, need, you need... You, you can't have too slow. I mean, Flynn, bless him, but he had the turning circle of the Titanic, didn't he? Yeah. You know, when it was a small mobile forward, so you can't... You can't and and that's Dick, a good, Dickie's, Dickie's that's all right, point. but, but Baker, Baker, Baker was a defender, wasn't he? Mm. He was a Rolls-Royce of a defender yeah. in the Premier League for a long time until injuries. And at and left-back, left Magnuson or Pring? Magnuson. Magnuson. How we got our money back for Magnuson is beyond yeah. me. But well, we got Mark Ashton to thank for that. He did <laughs> but, marvelous work but, on the transfer. He, you know, but there was always a catastrophic mistake by Magnuson on the horizon, wasn't there? He was. Um, he flunked it against Man City, if I recall. The first oh, goal and fell over. And uh, Cardiff, he used to try and let the ball go out yeah. of play. All right, okay, so, so we're, we're agreed. Pr right. Bring it left back. Okay, my, I, I'm agreeing with Ian. Never seen him play, but right back, my right back is Ross McCrory. I've not seen a bloke play. How can you say that? Because he played for Aberdeen, for goodness sake. That's Aberdeen. You can't well, play in the city. Team. Oh, well, he's, he's in there. He's in, he's in there. Uh, I mean, I was going for Flint. And a dicky combination, but Neil's shot that apart because yeah. they're like it's like having two bloody oil tankers in all there. over the top. And I was going for Pring uh, over over Magnuson. Yeah. So you know, I think I think what wins it is um, Maxing goal. So the, the consensus is we're split on right back, and no place for Zach Viner in that, which is interesting because he's been one of our better players. Right, this is where it starts to get interesting now in the middle four. That night, Josh Brownhill, Marlon Pack, Corey Smith, and Joe Bryan. Okay, we all remember how Joe Bryan cut in from the left and scored that belter of a goal past, I uh, can't remember the United got De Gea. Was De Gea in goal for No, him? it was, uh, what's his name? The useless one. 
that oh, came right. in for cup games. All oh, right. Anyway, uh, Carlos uh, Fabianski. No, no. Right, you work that one out. Oh, yeah. that right, Ben. Um, Brownhill Pack Smith Brian. Who's gonna crack in there? Well, first of all, it, it was uh, Romero in goal for Man United that night. Thank you. There you go. Um, so, uh, right. So, anyone who knows me in the side stand knows that I loved Marlon Pack, right? I thought he was the most underrated midfielder we'd had for a long time. So, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to put the team around Marlon Pack in that midfield. And I'd, uh-huh. I, I, I'll, I'll take all the heat you want to give me. But Marlon Pack in his time, so I'd stick him in the middle. And the rest of it, I'm really not sure. I think I think Brownhill would probably still get in, and I'm not tainted by what he's done since he left us. Obviously, he's gone on and he's done well. And he did used to play wide on the right a bit, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. So I want to get Knight in there. Uh, you know, currently. Well, yeah, you get a chance to get Knight in. Josh Jones on the text feed has said where, right? Okay. So yeah, the rest of the so, midfield. Yeah, I want to. So yeah, but I want to stick Knight in midfield actually alongside okay. Pack. Um, okay. And then left side, well, if I can't have a fullback, then I would probably still go with that Joe Bryan then, not the Joe Bryan we've seen in the last couple of years. Okay. So what's your, just give me your four again then. So Brownhill gets it, Pack, yeah. Knight and Bryan. Brownhill, Pack, Knight and Bryan. Interesting. Yeah, yeah interesting. interesting, yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, Ian, you next. Oh, Ian's just done a private chat there, right? So... Read it out, Ian, because I got my glasses on. My, my my team would be O'Leary, McCrory, Viner, Baker, Pring, from right to left: Sykes, Brownhill, Pat, Brian, uh, in the whole night, and up front, Bobby Reed. All right, that's you done. That's you done, Neil. It's pretty much what I agree with. Neil, I, midfield, I, midfield. I've got to get Knight in. Well, I think he's a dynamo in the middle. I think TGH. Potentially later on in the season, let's see how he goes. He's improving every game, but I go Brownhill. Probably I, the Pats. I'm tainted by Smith, obviously scoring, so I've got them. Yeah, well, I, I mean, if you look scoring. at that, if... but Brian, Brian, I think on the left brings a little bit more than Mametti on the left. I think yeah. Mametti. Well, Mametti or Bell, Mametti or Bell, yeah, Mametti yeah, Bell or Brian in that I, wide I, left. I, I, Joe, I, 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 I would have played. So I, I go Brownhill. Probably I take Brownhill, Knight, Smith, Brian. Sorry, mm-hmm. Ben. I know you love Pack. But I can't have Pack and Smith there and avoid Knight. All right. But bearing in mind it's a 4-1-4-4-1-1. And Ian's pretty much picked. I pretty much agree with what Ian's got there because he's got Knight and Reed up uh, in Knight in the hole and Bobby Reed up front. I mean, if you're putting both of you, if you're putting, I'll go to you, Ben, if you're putting uh, Knight in the middle, then who plays in that 1-1 role? Who's your front two in that setup? Well, Would you just I, simply I, agree with Ian? You can't. Well, no, I think I don't. I don't <laughs> think anyone can simply agree with Ian. Um, that that life would be too boring. Um, and and please don't apologise, Neil. Football's about opinions. If we if we if we had the same view, then then we would be uh, a different world, and it'd be a boring. Can I just place. say, Ben, I've never got over Pat trying to do a Cruyff turn in the right hand corner against Wolves. Losing the ball, conceding the free kick, and then they equalise, and then Barry Douglas, and 
the rest is history and um, because it's all yeah. gone tits and, up and then we then. went tits up from that so again i'm a bit tainted on pack because he and, does a cross turn in the 93rd minute in the right in the corner well and i i would i i would agree with that neil i would say that we didn't replace the mile on pack type player for a good few years after he left and we spent a long time trying to replace him and we didn't do it successfully all right no. so um from that point of view that's that, that's where i i would stick my um uh hat on 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 that point but I, I would play Bobby Reed off of a player, and I probably, despite the earlier comments, go for a Conway type figure. I think Reed and Conway could learn lots from each other. Probably Conway learning more from Reed. Okay, here's a quick one yes no answer from all three of you, right? I think he's languishing in Segunda B. Would Famara Deju be. A good play. he's not it's not gonna happen, right? But put Famara Deju in the side we've got now, would that be a good addition? You first, Neil. Straight yes or no answer? No. No. Ian. It depends who else is available, Dave. I, I think he's different from what we've got. I don't think he's a classic back to goal striker. I mean, Chris Christian Honor um was famous for saying um he called him mr trampoline touch which i think was a bit unkind uh but i i think i think fam could possibly do a job even if coming on for the last 15 20 minutes to rough the center abs up and stuff like that and he he scored goals for us so yeah i mean if no one else is available and, and you know uh, when i hear I mean, it's this, interesting this has prompted a load of uh comments here and it shows the the the, the difference of opinion i mean matt moore I think he's agreeing to this. He says 100% yes. And then Bob Taylor says, Famara was the cause of many of our problems. Yeah. I mean, he didn't cost us five million and walk out for nothing, but he was good at defending from corners. Ben, your view on that one? Well, I think it's a slightly nostalgic point, really. I think Famara is better since he left us than when he was playing for us. I think we look back. Um, I don't think he fits into our current team in a way which we're trying to set up with our midfield energy, particularly... He might get in a squad, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick him in a starting eleven based on how we're playing. All right. Okay. Next point, and you know, Ian and I were there. It's one of the top, one of the top topics on uh, OTIP. Senior Eds today guest John Lansdowne. Now, here's what I'm going to say about this. I was there, and Ian was there. Ian and I weren't sat together. I was sat next to a mate of mine. And I said, we're moaning about the questions, but neither of us are saying any, right? And we weren't, you know, we just sat there and watched what was a bit of a car crash, basically. Ian, right? I, if, if you, I thought you, you asked the very first question, right? And for you, I thought you'd have had a better question than that. And you, I'm going to let you talk about, you had a little word with, John Lansdowne after, and that is genuine. Those of you who are listening, that's not bullshit. Your first question, Ian, was when are the accounts going to come out? And you've extended it by, you've extended the accounts. And if you'd have been sat there together, and we do normally sit together, I'd have said they've only extended them by one month, which means that instead of going to the end of May, they go to the end of June. And the Alex Scott transfer didn't happen till August. So they'd have to have extended it four months to the end of August to bring the Alex Scott um transfer into the financial results for the year ending 2023 but 
it was it was a, a shit show of a and, and that is not because of John Lansdowne. In fact, I felt sorry for John Lansdowne. The question should have been prepared. But when you get people sat there saying, yeah, John, why is it like at half time when they're reading out the half time scores, you play the music in the background? Sounds like or, a senior Reds meeting. But, but there we go. <laughs> Ian, because you were sympathetic, as I've just been there with John Lansdowne, but your talk on it, and I know you don't read OTIB, but the pile on of criticism and then criticism of Brian Tinian from who Ian, take the floor just give me your thoughts on that and what you said to John who's the pile on from Dave was it from people that were at the senior res I there was obviously people who were there who were able to make certain comments but then there was a whole pile on from people that weren't there but were just interpreting well, that some tells of the you everything everything you need to know it's like me going up and giving you half an hour on fly fishing and hang gliding. I don't know anything about it. I thought John did okay. Look, with John, he's not his dad. His dad is, is a multi-billionaire, very assured, very confident, um, and quite used to public speaking, being in charge. Um, and that isn't what John is. So if you're waiting for John to be Steve, you're going to wait a real long time. John wants to work in the background. And he's got people who are what was always referred to in companies that I've been with as subject matter experts. So if you want to talk about recruitment um, and um, how all that works, you get older or the academy, you get older Brian Tinian. And if you want to talk about the finances, you get older um the group now CEO, but he was CFO. Um, and um, about the finances. Yeah. Uh, my question was, when are the accounts coming out? Because if you remember the, the previous month, Gavin Marshall said they'll, they'll be coming out soon. Yeah. Um, I agree on some of the questions were downright embarrassing. Um, not the answers, the questions. Um, if people, as one questioner said, dislike the board, um, and I don't know how widespread that feeling is, it's certainly not widespread amongst people I know, um, but if they do, then they need to give us the then what. What happens if Steve Lansdowne wakes up tomorrow morning and says, well, I've, I've been reading um, all this drivel. Uh, I'm off. Bye, lads. Then what? Yeah, but and that's but we know. If you can't we answer, know, the, we know. If you can't answer those, no, but if you can't answer those questions, sharp about it. Yeah, because you, you're you're raising a question that something that I mean, I'd hate it to happen. And John's going to run the club. John's the main man down there now in terms yeah. of the family, right? Steve's taking a more of a backseat. Steve will still be involved in in major decisions. But he's not getting involved. The bloke's 71 years old. Let him enjoy his wealth and his life. Yeah. You know, he's still sticking yeah. a ton of money into this club. Yeah. I think I mean, that's the, that's the out, point, Ian, that's the point you make there because Bob Taylor just said, how is he just going to say, I'm off? I mean, the fact of the matter is the club is losing money and somebody has to write out a check from a purely cash flow perspective to pay the wages every month. If you're losing probably conservatively now, 
10 million a year, right? And he can just walk away and leave everything. Still want his money back by asking stupid amount of money for the club because the 200 million that's been mentioned, we won't get anybody interested in buying it. And by it, I mean the whole thing, lock, stock and barrel. It's no, got to be- Dave, you were in, you, Dave, no, Dave, hang on, hang on, hang on, mate. You were at the meeting when Steve Lansdowne said there are various options open. So you could yeah. just buy the football club uh, and not buy the rugby club. You don't need to buy all of Bristol Sport. There are various options, but no one's come to the table. No. And certainly we don't want Steve Lansdowne to say, well, OK, yeah, I'll do this and I'll sell that. And we finish up with somebody like they've got it read in. Where there's tennis balls on the pitch every week. The bloke's just been fined and banned as a director or whatever. Or indeed, where West Brom finished up. And I know they're above us in the table, but we got a really good player from them because of what their previous owner had done. Or I think he's still their current owner. But look, leaving that aside, all, all this 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 stuff about if the board's dislike, all right, then well, who do you want to replace them with? Well, and, 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 so, and practically that's not going to happen. I mean, it's interesting. I want Ben... No, no, but Dave, it, 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 what I'm saying is, or you've got people talking about stuff. Yeah, and, but and you just said, you say, well, okay, then what they, they, The person who spoke that, never seen that individual before at Senior Reds, and it probably, it, he was just shooting from the hip there. Go on, Neil. Before you go to Ben, because I'm conscious with letting Ben have it, can I just start skiing and uh, Dave here? Did anybody ask at the senior reds, John, about the budgets? Because you've they've set yeah, a budget. I did afterwards. Right. Yeah. They set they set a budget, then they sell a player for 25 million and they don't increase the budget. Hence why no, nobody are nobody and the ones so it, so on that basis then yeah. are they yeah, saying they, they've they've been previous previously you know, discussed. Then you'll finish. Sorry, Ian, you were allowed one question, right? And yeah. knowing you as I do. That was not your best question. What the best one of the best questions was, what does good look like for you this season, John? Right. And it was pretty much top 10, which is a bit different yeah. to having top six. But he said that. All right. Let need to move on a little bit. I just yeah. want Ben, Ben, let's have your say on this because we said in the past about selling the football club so they pay Lansdowne a rental. <clears throat> to play at the ground. The other thing I wanted to say as well, picking up on what Ian said about stuff at West Brom, and also Steve Lansdowne saying somebody coming in to contribute. This was on Talk Sport this week, not the greatest uh, output media, but somebody was saying Jim Ratcliffe has got 20% of Man United, right? Or 25 if it's gone through, right? The Glazers still own the other 80%. So what power can a minority shareholder have coming in when somebody still owns 80% of it? That's the bit that I don't get. I don't see Steve having a joint investor in the whole thing because he'll still call all the shots because he still would have put in the most money. If he hives the football club off and he picks a rental for use of the ground based on what division we're in, that to me... And we said this on the podcast over a year ago. That, to me, is what I would call the impeccable solution, is that somebody buys the brand Bristol City without any losses, doesn't own a ground, and they can put as much or as little into it as they like. Anyway, that's my bit. Ben, over to you. Your thoughts? Well, I, I think it's 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 multi-layered. I, I think that someone coming in and 
investing in part of the business and we've discussed it on other pods in this pod before i think the club are better off with the lansdowne family historically and currently there is no other option on the table to wish the lansdowne's away i think is a pyrrhic victory which would quickly unravel and that's been proven on other clubs that are far more uh, historically successful than we've been that have unraveled through finances but my other point on this is that that you know i don't think the club has done enough in recent years to really explain the eye-watering losses that we've encountered over the last four or five financial years because we haven't got a lot to show for it and yes we all had covid and we all couldn't sell and but that was the same for the whole football pyramid yet our losses relative to other clubs were were being very high and i think that needs to be explained and that probably explains why the selling of big ticket players has not gone back into the player because we are being trying to rescue a very risky and unsteady sort of quasi insolvency because actually football clubs don't make money in the short term or the medium term and a lot of clubs never make money of course this this whole european super league this week has come out to try and argue that the football pyramid is going to be better off because we are all we're all going to get money from the from from the top clubs or whatever across Europe. So I think we've got to be really cautious as a club to what we what we hope for, what we wish for, and to be really, really realistic that at the moment we are doing the best we can. I don't think our squad is particularly strong top ten. I think I think we're going to get top ten this year. Um, but I don't think we're a strong top 10 side and we need to add players because as on this pod you've discussed uh, ad infinitum, we carry too many injuries too frequently to, and it exposes our depth in our squad and, and look at the bench in the last the last three or four months. Okay, great, great speak. That's, that's really good and getting a different view, uh, not a different view, just a considered view, you know. So uh, I think we're all pretty much on the same page. Okay. Gents, we're at the halfway stage of the season. 32 points, extrapolates to 64. I've just written down here, to get into the playoffs or have a fighting chance, we need another 40 points in the next 23 games, which is 11 wins, 7 draws and 5 defeats. Yeah, that's, you could, that's my take on what it would take. That would take us to 72 points. Yeah, that could well be enough for 5th or 6th. Um, you first, Neil. Can we do that 40 points in the second half of the season? Can yes we? or no? Yes, we'll win that. All right. I, th- I think ultimately the um, we don't have the strength in depth. We don't score enough goals. We've, we've, again, we've gone through a season here now where 26 goals in 23 games. And that, okay. and that is with, you know... Two, three, two results at home. So you're not going to get in the mix right. if you don't score enough goals and we don't score enough goals. All right. Okay. And transfer activity because look, if this run run continues, if we have a good Christmas New Year, well, we, and that the, gap is in the last, still four points. Yeah. So that's two away games and Millwall at home, right? Yeah. So if that gap is four points. Do you think that they would be bolder with cash than if the gap was extended to seven or more, which it could do? Well, 
go back 20 years when we found ourselves in positions where we need to strengthen as a team and actually go for it. We've never we gone screwed for it, it up. Think. All right. We've always screwed it up. But I think the January transfer window, we did a bit of this in the last in last week. I think the January window is a nightmare to actually work yeah. in because everybody gets pushed back, pushed back. You don't sign players first week in Jan or second week in Jan. They're third, fourth week in Jan because everyone's looking at the options and there's a limited right. pool of players. So okay. you're not going to see anything until late Jan. All right. Ian, 40 points achievable if if Atkinson, Naismith and McCrory come back and we don't lose any more injuries. Yeah, Is it achievable? And if no, what do we need to do to make it achievable? We need to get the injured players back. I've been mm -hmm. saying that to the point of being boring, but it's true. Uh, and we need the right additions in January. Okay. Um, if we do those two things, uh, then and they're they're they we should have a new chief medical officer, medical director in place in January. Interviews are going on currently. Um, then hopefully we can find out what's causing these ongoing injury problems because they're not Liam Manning's fault. They're not Nigel Pearson's fault. Um, they're, they weren't Dean Holden's fault. Um, it's just something that, that's endemic in our club and no one really seems to, to have the answers. So hopefully this new guy can come in and say, well, hang on a minute. Why, why don't we do this? Or why don't we stop doing that? And and that's why we are we are where we are with it. And we keep hearing this phrase. Yes, could we get forty points on the basis of? I think it would take about seventy six this season, but that's the average it has taken over the previous six or seven. But if we can get those things right, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Neil's quite right when he says we're not scoring goals, and we're particularly not scoring goals in getting results away from home. So. That needs, you know, you don't need to be Pep Guardiola to look at it and say, right, OK, well, that's what we need to improve on. And these next two games will really tell us a lot about where we are. Um, and I mean, just a, a comment for um, on here for some of the comments made by uh, Benny. Yeah, talking a lot of sense, mate. Um, so okay. I, I think and just just to let everyone everyone know um i've agreed with gavin marshall that he's going to come on and do the podcast so we can ask him all the financial questions um when the accounts come out there we go that'll be interesting so, um ben your your uh, well then that's horse's mouth isn't it you can't yeah no you, do. you spoke with john you spoke with john uh, as, as as well yeah which, and, uh, and that's john you know, Gavin Marshall is a subject matter expert in finance. Yeah. So he can the tell us John said to, to, you, to yeah. your question of, uh, or to Neil's question, why did we lose? Or I can't remember. It might have been Ben who said it. It wasn't me who said, why did we lose as badly as we did uh, during COVID when some other clubs didn't? I think that's a very valid question. I, I think the answer will be Mark Ashton and Lee Johnson. And uh, they were allowed uh, they were given a degree of latitude in largesse that their bandwidth yeah. uh, di didn't uh, merit. And you can see from the fact that we discussed this on the last podcast about how good a job they've done at Ipswich, because the guy that runs Ipswich, I don't mean Ashton, I mean is the, the 
um, Alabama pension fund, Arizona pension fund, sorry. Um, yeah. He will not give him that kind of dough. Having no. said that, it is rumoured that the lad they've got who's a left back and he's on loan from Man United is earning three and a half million a year. Uh, well, we'll so, see. Ben, your uh, thoughts. 40 points achievable. That's only eight more than we've got. And we've had a change of manager and a change of style. And we've got players coming back from injury. Yeah, I think all things considered, we will not achieve, sadly, 40 points in the next part of the season. Um, and that's not me wanting, not wanting that. That's me being um, reflective and looking at the, the bits of the machine that are moving. I think Manning will get supported in January, but we know that, that as, as Neil and others have said, that, that window is not the best market. There will be some pressure, I think, to buy. I think we have had success in stabilising the, the club's finances and maintaining championship mid-table football. That is something to show for. Pearson's um, legacy, would you say, Ben? Just trying to give him some credit? Um, possibly. Possibly. I mean, after Johnson, the Mark Ashton show, the Dean Holden farce, Nigel coming in, it was a difficult role that Nigel played three and a half years ago to get us in a situation that he walked into. And I think for all of us who love the club, we don't want there to be another post-Gary Johnson era, you know, of signing players and falling out of the league back into the third tier for that season, that, that, that time in 10 years ago, because that was... You know that's that's not that's not going to help anybody in in our football club moving forward. So I think there'll be there'll be some support. I th I think we're finished ninth or tenth, and then we've got the ambition to go again. My problem with that is we had the make progress every year under Gary Johnson and then Lee Johnson, which then faltered away to a very difficult period after those managers left. And we've got to have a plan going forward in the in the longer term and try and get over the hurdles of the short-termism that football is is um, is uh, beset with. Yeah. Well, no, as I said, six years ago since the Man United game, we've trod water, gone back. I don't know what the right phrase to use is it, but the key thing is we didn't go back down to the third tier of English football, and that's something to be grateful for. Can we kick on? You know, the top four, that looks done and dusted. Leeds, Ipswich, Leicester and Southampton in no particular order, uh, whether Ipswich will blow up and have to be content with the playoffs. We'll have to wait and see. By my calculation, if you go down as far as Swansea in 15th, I think there's 10 clubs battling for those final two playoff spots, 5th and 6th. It was vital that we won against Hull because had we not, they'd have been 10 points ahead of us, you know, in 5th. They're not. They're 4 points ahead. Uh, ben, great to have you on. First time Ian and uh, Neil, good to have you here. Just to let everybody know, podcasts will be doing post-match ones the day after every game coming up over the Christmas New Year period. So Boxing Day, we'll be doing nine o'clock on the day after Boxing Day morning. I'm off yep. to Watford. He's he's off to he's off to Watford. There we yeah, go. I'm and then Birmingham will be on Saturday morning. And then when everybody's back at work, when everybody's back at work, we'll be uh, reporting on the Millwall game because it is a three o'clock kickoff if it was a lunchtime kickoff we probably would have done it tea time i'm on the watford podcast talking about the game and how i used to throw hell trent cakes out of my mum my grandma's flat in uh, little cross house just off greenway bush lane don't know how we got onto that subject on the night 
but that's scratch your eyes out. I think the Watford podcast. I'll put a link on there. Good bunch of lads on the, on that one. But uh, I'm hoping it's already started off as a happy Christmas. So happy Christmas, Ben, to you. Happy Christmas, Ian. Happy Christmas, Neil. Happy Christmas to everybody that's listened to the podcast this year. 1,200 viewers, listeners a week. If you took two platforms. Thanks a lot for that. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Say Merry Christmas to the listeners, guys. Merry Christmas. All the best. Cheers now. Merry Christmas. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. As happy as a king When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along Along There'll be no more sobbing When he starts throbbing his old Sweet song Oh, wake up Wake up, you sleepyhead Get up Get up, get out of bed Cheer up Cheer up The sun is red Live, love Laugh and be happy What if I've been blue Now I'm walking through fields Of flowers Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robins are ba-ba-bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes ba-ba-bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.